This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. This is The Bonfire on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, you know what? Thank you for tuning in to episode 46 of The Bonfire. Introverts are here to talk about the important things, the interesting things. For example, they are doing a mummy reboot. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> oh, Lord, I've mentioned a number of times, to say the least, on this show um, about reboots and about how Hollywood just loves doing that kind of trash in their sequels. And it's getting really old. But, as I did point out once before, uh, I think a couple weeks ago, that they're doing a King Kong reboot. And I thought, oh, okay, I actually stand corrected. It looks mildly interesting because they are creating their own little universe to do it, you know, Godzilla versus King Kong. All right. So I saw they were doing a mummy reboot. <laughs> My first reaction was, oh, geez, here we go. But I was still intrigued. I do check out a handful of trailers every now and then. I decided to watch this one. After watching it and reading a couple articles, I thought, oh, okay. Maybe there's more of a plan here than just a simple reboot. Much like the amazing Spider-Man reboots that didn't work. And now they're going to have to do it again under the Marvel label. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. This is sort of a whole new recreation. Apparently it's like Universal Monsters. So that includes The Mummy, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, The Invisible Man, somebody else probably. So all those like old-timey monsters. Frankenstein, I'm sure. They're also probably going to do that. Maybe even the Wolfman. Wouldn't be surprised. Probably Dracula. I don't know. But Universal is now trying to have its own sort of universe, just like uh, every other production company and distribution company is trying to do. So, this is going to be the first one. All right. You piqued my interest a little bit more. I will have to wait for some initial critic reviews to come out before I make my my decision, but let me just play the trailer here for you real quick, and then uh, we'll go from there, as per usual. They're on an airplane. Oh look, Tom Cruise. And the mummy. Things are getting a little crazy. Pan, pan, this is November 4, 0, 9 or 9 or. What the hell? Oh. 
And down goes the plane. Hmm, body bags. In theaters next summer. All right. Fair. Uh, I encourage you to check out the trailer because it's got Tom Cruise. And I, I generally like him. He's pretty good in movies. And this story, if I read some of the articles correctly, coming out, you know, next year, um, the director and the producers, the writers, you know, saw X-Men Days of Future Past and saw, oh, I guess y'all are about to do a movie with Armageddon and some sort of god that looks a lot like our creation. So they had a male mummy, and then they decided to make it female because of that. They said, all right, well, you know, X-Men, they kind of screwed it, and they have a design that looks a lot like ours. So let's just make it a woman, and we'll have to redesign everything. So that was an interesting little tidbit, that it was male, and they said, ah, now we have to make it female. All right. So it'll be different than the original mummy, which was a dude. Okay, you got that going for you. And you're attempting to begin this whole series of movies that will all be tied together versus um, featuring all these different monsters. All right. And the first one is The Mummy. All right. And it's got Russell Crowe. <laughs> I like Russell Crowe. I think he's better than Tom Cruise. That's just my opinion. So, all right. You probably you probably got me. Next summer, I will probably be checking this movie out. Um, Hollywood so far has been kind of surprising me lately. They've had a lot of... A lot of trash over the years. A lot of weak, weak attempts. And yet, they were able to pull this off. You know, just like that King Kong bit I was explaining. Now they're doing The Mummy. All right. You got me. And in case you hear some background noise, there is uh, <laughs> some Blaze Radio background noise here in the uh, studio room that I'm in. And the problem is, I don't know where the mute button is. So, it's over there on that station. And every now and then it goes, it gets quiet. But then the music comes back on. So, yeah, if you hear that in the background, rest assured, I just don't know where the button is. That's what's going on. Now, it's going to be a franchise. A mummy franchise, I believe. Let me verify that quickly. Hmm. No, it will not. Not what I'm seeing. Universal Pictures does own, you know, these monster film series since like the 30s all right and we're all familiar with the steven somers uh mummy trilogy you know it was the mummy return of the mummy maybe i think that's what it was called and then the tomb of the dragon emperor all right all right here it is the mummy the mummy returns in the mummy tomb of the dragon emperor 1999 the mummy was it was all right somewhat enjoyable mummy returns whew, man that was a cheese ball 
And then the Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, also kind of a cheese ball, but not as bad as the second one. So there's the old Mummy trilogy with director Stephen Sommers that I think most of us are familiar with. And this is where, like it said, um, this is a reboot of sorts. So they're like, all right, well, let's just redo it. And let's redo it with this understanding that we're going to include different monsters. And let's follow the paths of Marvel and DC. All right. Fair. So I'm intrigued. I think I'll see it. I think you've hooked me once again. This is the Bonfire on the Blaze Radio Network On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. This is The Bonfire On Demand Hosted by Andrew Herzog On the Blaze Radio Network Alright now please allow me to play for you Something from Amazon Um, I did write an article Of course I use that word loosely It wasn't much of an article (laughs) I just shared my opinion About this new concept called Amazon Go And I put it up on my Medium page I just said what a great time to be alive You know you're living in the 21st century in the greatest country in the world when a company puts something like this together. Amazon has just shared with the world its next innovation, but this time it's in the grocery business. Amazon Go. Uh, Yes, you've been able to order food from them before, but this is different. It's an actual physical location that you can walk into. If you're like me, you hate grocery shopping. I'd rather someone else just go do it for me. But if this was my local grocery store, then it wouldn't be so bad. Here's a store where there are no lines and no cashiers. As you're walking in, just scan your phone, grab what you want, and get the hell out. Done deal. Amazon explains in this little video here I'm about to play for you how the technology works, and it shows you just how simple all this really is. Uh, Unfortunately, it's only available to Amazon employees in Seattle for the time being. (laughs) But it'll be open to the public sometime early 2017, we're told. Amazon, you may continue taking all my money. So... I'm going to play and let them explain just what Amazon Go really is. Four years ago, we started to wonder, what would shopping look like if you could walk into a store, grab what you want, and just go? What if we could weave the most advanced machine learning, computer vision, and AI into the very fabric of a store so you never have to wait in line? No lines, no checkouts, no registers. Welcome to Amazon Go. Use the Amazon Go app to enter. Then put away your phone and start shopping. It's really that simple. Take whatever you like. Anything you pick up is automatically added to your virtual cart. If you change your mind about that cupcake, just put it back. Our technology will update your virtual cart automatically. So how does it work? We used computer vision, deep learning algorithms, and sensor fusion, much like you'd find in self-driving cars. We call it Just Walk Out Technology. Once you've got everything you want, you can just go. 
When you leave, our Just Walk Out technology adds up your virtual cart and charges your Amazon account. Your receipt is sent straight to the app, and you can keep going. Amazon Go. No lines, no checkout. No, seriously. Seriously. All right, that's enough. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's what we have down the road for grocery stores. I'm a fan. Like I said, I do not like shopping. I also don't like cooking. I'd rather pay someone else to do it for me. I've budgeted my income in such a way to be able to afford that because in my humble opinion, my time is more valuable to me. I can always make more money. I can always find another job. There's always work to do. But I can't get my time back. So time that I spend cooking and shopping and buying at the grocery store and lugging it all back home is time that I would rather spend reading or watching a documentary, a movie, a TV show, XYZ. Spending time with uh, family, roommates, girlfriend. There are other things I'd rather do with my very limited free time. I highly value all of those, you know, uh, aspects of my life. The friends, the books, and the culture, the TV shows, movies. More than cooking. So, I've kicked cooking out of my life. Eh, it's not going to last forever. I know it's not because uh, you can't keep up that sort of <laughs> food expenditures for the rest of your life unless you're just filthy rich, and I'm not. <laughs> so I might just have to suck it up one day and learn really how to cook and be patient with it, but I, I'm, not, I'm not there yet. So I will stick with my restaurants, my fast food, my meals. Like I said last week, I gave a just a really quick review of this internet service that just sends you food. There you go. You send the food to me. And tell me all I have to do is really heat it in the microwave and it's actually pretty edible. I'm like, oh, okay. Cool. But if you have a grocery store where I just have to drive, walk right in, and I know where things are, grab them, put them in my bag, and walk out, all right. There's one step that has been solved. I don't like spending half an hour at the grocery store, you know, driving there wandering around, and then waiting in line to scan the stuff. Especially now, since down my uh, down the street from my house, the Tom Thumb has decided to get rid of its self-checkout. I use that thing all the time! Why did you get rid of it? And now you're making me stand like an idiot, waiting for the two employees that are there, scanning people's crap, and wait my turn. So, I'm even more disinclined to go to the grocery store if I have to wait for the employees to do it for me. Uh, no. That's incredibly old school. I'm not doing that. Self-checkout was a step in the right direction. Let me do it myself. Let me buy the crap I want. I'll scan it and move on with my day. But you took that away. I don't know why. So, if Amazon moves down the street from me, Tom Thumb, goodbye. Albertsons, goodbye. Kroger, goodbye. Let me do it myself. Or <laughs> get someone that I love and care about to say, look, you go to the grocery store for me. Thank you. I'll pay for it. I'll always pay for it. I'll be the financier, okay? If you go to the grocery store and get the crap for me that I want, well, I'll, give you, I'll give you a little tip. Why not? I'll give you a little bit of money. That's not my problem. Like I said, the time is more of a concern for me. 
So there you have it. Amazon Go looking to take your money in 2017. And gladly, I will give it. The Bonfire, only on the Blaze Radio Network. The progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something. And progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. On sale now at glennbeck.com slash liars. The Blaze Radio Network On Demand. The Bonfire. Here's your host, Andrew Herzog. Tim Allen, starring as Tim the Toolman Taylor. Great show. Now, I do remember in college, hanging out in the uh, the Rathskeller, that's where we had like pool tables, dartboard, TVs, food, drink, just a, like a nice little hangout area for all the college students at my university. I'd be down there frequently to play uh, pool. I'd have my own cue. <laughs> Man, those were the days... Shoot, go down there between classes, play a little pool, have a snack, and watch Home Improvement, and then go to class. That is where I think I first got exposed to Home Improvement. It just was on TV, and I kind of glanced up at it and said, oh, that's right. I know Tim Allen. Oh, I guess he did have a show back in the day. Interesting. And then one night, I went home, was watching TV, and it must have been like Nick at Night or something. You know, just like you find Fresh Prince and... Gilligan's Island, Brady Bunch, all these great shows on Nick at Night. I think they had a little marathon of Home Improvement. And the one episode I happened to catch was an episode that they were re-watching old episodes. You know, and some, some shows will do that. They'll think, all right, well, we're kind of out of an idea for this week. We don't have an original script. So let's just do an episode where we reminisce about past moments and make it a fun montage kind of episode. And those are great, specifically because that was the first episode of Home Improvement that I watched. Tim ate a little too much food and just couldn't sleep well. <laughs> he was having he was having bathroom problems all day, um, all night. And he decided to say, oh, you know what? I'm going to kind of watch some, some old tool times. And, of course, Home Improvement, the actual TV show, you know, weaved that into the script saying, great, this gives us an opportunity to go through all these past um, uh, failings and goofs of Tim, and we can make him funny and memorable, and then there's the whole episode, and that's it. All right, well, that's cool. Because then I got to experience a dozen episodes within 30 minutes, you know, in the span of a normal episode. So I got to kind of quickly see, oh, yeah, so this is what the show's about. Oh, and that's the gimmick, that um, he's clumsy and he's funny and, oh, okay. That hooked me. That was enough. Perfect example of a show that does its job. Arrested Development has not done that. I've said that before. It sucks. Now, Home Improvement, you did it within 30 minutes. You did it within one episode. That's the way to do it. Okay? Home Improvement is an American institution because of Al Borland. Because of Tim Taylor. 
and Wilson. And, of course, Jill. Jill is funny. I appreciate her because, you know, she can dish it as well as take it. And so can Tim. In general, I feel that Tim is portrayed very much as an idiot. But I believe as the seasons go by, he grows the character. Becomes more wise, more understanding. And they kind of make jokes about that, too. They said, like, wow, Tim, you just had an insight. He's like, I think you're right. Oh, my God, what's happening to me? And he's kind of laughing at it, thinking, like, oh, I'm growing up. (laughs) And he's kind of laughing, having a good time with it. But I would say that's kind of accurate. Women do mature sooner than men, absolutely. But I don't appreciate TV shows that just make the dad a total total jackass. Not exactly what this country needs to see. (laughs) We need to see some men being men. Quit being a dumbass. I'm talking about mostly uh, the cartoons that are out there in the world today. Not uh, Tom and Jerry cartoons, which are classic and fantastic. But some of the... I'm not going to mention them. Because I don't care. They're trash. Tim and Jill. Great relationship. A lot of episodes are revolving around them. And I love that. I like the relationship episodes of any TV show that I'm into. I think that's great. I love this writing. I think it's fun. It's real. It's raw. And funny. And the boys. Brad. Randy, Mark, each doing their own thing. Wilson with his unconventional wisdom, and, <laughs> and he just knows everything. You're like, oh, he's such a great guy. And the gimmick that they're always hiding his face, that's classic. And when I first started watching the show, I thought, mm, I think I've heard of this before. I don't know where. It just it came to me as I watched a couple episodes thinking, like, you know what? I think that's the character whose face they always hide. And I'm not sure where I knew that. But as each episode went, I thought, yep, nope, that's exactly what it is. I don't know where I first learned about that but shoot they do that with wilson that's a great idea absolutely brilliant because he's always behind the fence but then when they start taking him away from the fence and putting him in different places they're always hiding his face in a new way that's fun and tim always learning new quotes and butchering them and learning things with his wife and his wife is wrong sometimes too that's real okay it's not every single time the dude is wrong and the girl is right no it should be it's half and half We can all be idiots, and we can all be smart. To me, that's more realistic. I mean, maybe that's just in my circles. (laughs) And it's also, I think, a little bit more... It's better to show in a TV show, because you know you're going to affect culture. That's why you're putting out a TV show. You're doing it to entertain, but you are showing it to the general public. I think you'd like to put your best foot forward. That would be... Showing an equal relationship between the two that, yes, both can be an idiot and both can be smart. It is neither nor. It's not like the woman is a whore and the man is a dumbass. No, you don't want that. But you can have episodes where the woman makes a mistake and then have episodes where the man makes a mistake. Totally separate. Both apologize. Come back together. Resolve their issues. There you go. That's what we need to see in this world. That when you have a problem, you work it out. (laughs) Be an adult. Don't bitch about it complain keep it to yourself bottle it up let it fester jill's kind of right <laughs> that's why it was appropriate for her to be a psychologist saying like tim you need to talk about it and he's like no i don't want to talk about it and then eventually he would and the problem would be solved seriously the whole dynamic of the whole show is just enjoyable al and tim tim and jill tim and the boys jill and the boys al and his uh couple girlfriends Eileen, and the other one at the end of the series, I forget her name, but uh, 
Yeah, eight seasons. 1991 to 1999. That is a... It doesn't get more 90s than that. You can tell. The clothes, the hair, the, the house, like the decorations. The decor is so horrible. It is so 90s, unequivocally. And that is fantastic. You know. Uh, Fresh Prince, like I said also on a previous podcast, very 90s. Well, here's here's another great 90s sitcom that I think has a lot of great messages. Some of them are subtle, and some of them are pretty explicit. Well, I like that. I think it's uh, the real America. People that have problems, they have a smart kid, and then he does a stupid thing. They have a dumb kid who can be have moments of brilliance, makes his mistakes. The middle child, the oldest, the youngest. Girlfriends, parents, parents dying, uncles, old teachers, co-workers. I... That's why I love The Office, too. Totally different tangent here. But that's why I think other people liked it, too. They felt they could identify with it. Those are the shows that last when they're like, oh, this all feels real. Totally believable. I've experienced that myself. You've actually developed this character, and you're trying to appeal to a larger audience by adding new material for this character. Okay. Home Improvement, I think, does that very well. It has the official Bonfire Seal of Approval. Bonfire recommended. Very highly, in case you haven't seen it. I recommend Home Improvement over Arrested Development. Any day. This is the Bonfire on the Blaze Radio Network. The progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something. And progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. On sale now at glennbeck.com slash liars. This is The Bonfire, on demand, on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, final segment, final bit of information this week. There it was. Once again, I ate before I did the show. So, that is neither here nor there. Zoe Saldana, from Guardians of the Galaxy, Star Trek, and Avatar has said that the filming for the first four, first of four, Avatar sequels will be next spring, around April 2017. We all remember the 2009 movie, Avatar, you know, the blue people with the tails, and how it was pretty much the highest grossing film of all time. And directed by James Cameron, who also directed Titanic, also one of the highest grossing films of all time. And he's doing pretty well. So, I enjoyed it. I watched it when I was 19. That's when it came out. 19, 20 years old. And to me, sure, the script, the plot was original. Although people have told me, no, Andrew, this has been done before. I believe Dances with Wolves. I could be wrong. But people had a beef with it, saying, like, it wasn't that great. It was lame. Me, I was entertained. I don't go to Avatar for inspiration, (laughs) okay? Sometimes I just need a little escapism. I, I wouldn't call it goofy because that's a pretty crazy concept. I enjoyed it. You're a human being and you're just like, look at these creatures, these, these aliens who are peak physical performers. 
They're lean, they're mean, and they plug their hair <laughs> into horses and freaking birds and, and then control the animal. That is awesome. You're telling me that you wouldn't want that? You wouldn't want to be minding your business, have this long bit of hair and a little, some tingly things at the end of it, and, you know, just kind of wander over to a giant bird pterodactyl thing just kind of plug it right in next thing you know there's your ride come on if you don't want that you're an idiot same thing with horses you find a horse you're like oh that looks cool there you go well now it's mine now i'm in control now i have another set of wheels that'd be pretty sweet to be able to plug into a tree (laughs) that's for the tree huggers that's not for me i wouldn't care i'd be like hey uh, what's this tree have to say well it's been here for 200 years and it has seen some acorns all right Fantastic. That was a stupid waste of time. I wouldn't want that. But to be this 12-foot, 15-foot maybe, is that how big they are? Creatures that are lean, mean fighters that control different animals, and they've got great hand-eye coordination, and they're on the, I think, the moon, Pandora, somewhere off in some distant part of the galaxy, where everything is green and glowy and crazy. That's cool. That's great. I'm not, I wouldn't call myself an environmentalist, but, yeah, I care about the planet. Absolutely. I consider myself a steward of the planet. I want to take care of it, and I want to preserve nature completely untouched by man. Of course, there are going to be parts that, well, yes, like cities, metroplexes, and uh, places that humanity needs to be. It's perfectly fine. If you need to kill an animal to do it, oh, go okay. Sure. Humanity is more important. <laughs> so that can be balanced as well with saying, all right, well, let's we'll save that piece of land over there just to be by itself and let nature be. Okay, cool. Because people like me like to hike it and wander through it and just kind of be in it, sit quietly, listen. It's beautiful. It really is. The mountains, the beaches, the rainforests, the desert even. Yeah, absolutely. So for Pandora, a moon that's like that, completely untouched, you're a lean, mean fighting machine. And it's kind of your body. That's the point of the avatar is you're a human being in your own little pod. And all you're doing is plugging in your mind to go into this body that is on that moon. And now you can run around and shoot and plug into things and control them. All right. That sounds pretty cool. I guess that's what really got me the first time when I saw it. So for James Cameron to say we're going to have four more sequels, I'm like, oh, jeez. Okay. That's a bit overkill. Just a little bit. But Zoe here is saying... Look. Where is it? (laughs) I'm reading this stupid article. The Australian hunk Sam Worthington reprises his star-making role alongside veteran actors Sigourney Weaver. Okay. Unimportant. Here it is. Zoe says, In my opinion, the three scripts I've read so far are many times more amazing than the first one in terms of their scope. Well said. Many times more amazing. Hmm. He did a lot of the heavy lifting in the first movie, establishing the family and the relationships in the world, and now he really gets to play. All right. The first one was interesting enough. I'm leaving the door open for James Cameron to still pull me into the theater for, let's call it, episode two. I'm willing to give him a shot. Is it going to break my bank for me to go see it? No. Uh, Supposedly, it's it's supposed to be out like a year from now. Around Christmas 2017. All right. So if you tell me you're going to film it in April, 
and turn it around in time for Christmas of 2017. All right, well, then I will wait for a trailer probably sometime next summer, I would imagine. Next summer, next fall to come out, evaluate it from that standpoint, and then get back to you, letting y'all know, yes, I will or will not see Avatar Episode 2. Um, I'm, I have an open mind. I think I'm willing to try most things at least once. Except skydiving because I hate flying. But in general, okay. Most people had a problem with Avatar. I bought the DVD. I have it at home. I only buy DVDs that I think, okay, this is worth me owning. In case um, the internet doesn't work and it's not available on demand somewhere. Well, then I want a hard copy. I want a hard copy because I want to own it myself. I'm possessive like that. That's why I don't have a an ebook reader of any sort. I don't want ebooks. I want physical books for me to be able to stack up nicely into a little library and say, all this I own. All of this I read. Same thing with DVDs. I'd say, all of these were worthy of being bought. So I have my hard copy to keep with me for years. That's just me. I don't know. I don't fully understand why myself, but that's about the best I can come up with. Just want a hard copy. Makes me feel a little more cultured when I can own. And same thing with uh, music. I used to buy, actually, all these albums on CDs, but now that I pay for just the Apple streaming service, I think, all right, that's good enough. That gives me access to most of the music out there. I no longer need to buy CDs. And that's, that's a little bit different story. Not sure why. But DVDs, I will still buy those on occasion. So, Avatar Episode 2 coming out a year from now, Christmas 2017. All right, I'll give it a shot. And if you impress me, well, then I'll give Episode 3 a shot. And apparently four and five, okay, James? Four sequels? I don't know. Dude, you couldn't make it into two, make it one of your cliche trilogies? Ah, whatever. He did uh, direct and create Terminator, and I enjoyed that movie. Great 80s classic. believe he also directed and created Terminator 2, also a good one. Uh, not three. Uh, and not four. Those were terrible. But Terminators 1 and 2, all right, you did pretty good. Titanic, I've seen most of it. All right, pretty good. And the first Avatar, all right, pretty good. You've got a pretty good track record, and most of the world seems to agree when you have some of the highest grossing films of all time. All right. You have one more chance. That doesn't mean you just get an automatic pass and you can create what kind of crap you want and get my money. No. You have to, you gotta, you got to entice me. So you still have a chance, James. You still have a chance. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into the bonfire this week. This has been absolutely, incredibly, tremendously amazing, believe me. And yes, I was... Mocking a certain someone just there. Now, <laughs> Bonfire is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and the main website, bonfirethoughts.com. We are still, we'll start churn, we're still churning out some articles here and there. We're all busy people, especially this time of year, end of the year, and family, Christmas, holidays, New Year. Busy, busy. Vacations. But we're still churning. Still churning out stories, articles, opinions, pods, all the good stuff. Bonfire does hope to continue breaking new ground in 2017 with different partners, different writers, new opportunities, and I'm just having fun with it. I know, and I hope you are too. I hope you're tuning in and listening to these kinds of topics because you know exactly what the hell you're going to get here. You know you're not going to get my opinions about Hillary Clinton, Nancy Pelosi, nuclear proliferation, Iran, the EU. Brexit, John Oliver, 
XYZ. You're not going to get any of that because it doesn't belong here. Do I have my opinions on all that? Mm, yes, I do. But it doesn't belong here. Shut up! Ugh, sorry. Stupid radio. <laughs> I wish I found that mute button. God, that thing has been irritating this whole time. I, I don't know if y'all been able to hear that or not. And I got headphones on. If I can hear it here in my room, whatever. Okay, I can get into that. The episode is officially done. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. I hope it was enjoyable. And we will see you next week for episode 47. Andrew Herzog, out. This is The Bonfire on the Blaze Radio Network. <laughs>